Hello, this is Jerry Thorne on Voice Over Matters, your weekly podcast on all things politics, people, places, and even pirates, of course, in Kenya. Now, over the next few weeks, I want to go through the BBI report. This was released on the 21st of October. This is the report of the steering committee on the actual implementation of the Building Bridges to a United Kenya Task Force report. There was a big ceremony. We had Raila and Uhuru release this document or be handed over the document. And what I wanted to ensure is that we're aware of the contents of the document before politicians and the media take this over and hijack the discourse and we start debating on issues that we're not clear about. There's the danger of certain aspects of this being framed in a particular direction, uh, biases coming into this conversation. I think it's very important that we as Kenyans understand exactly what is in the document. It's an important time for us. It's an opportunity to fine-tune the constitution, to fine-tune our laws, to ensure that we have this unity, we have the governance, and we have the frameworks to lead us forward. So what I want to do is, over the next few weeks, uh, I'll be reading verbatim this report, And from there, we can then engage in the debates. So I'll start off with the actual title of this document. It's the Report of the Steering Committee on the Implementation of the Building Bridges to a United Kenya Task Force, October 2020. It starts off with a letter. Your Excellency, you appointed the Steering Committee by Gazette Notice number 264, published on the 10th of January 2020. It was our privilege, as per the mandate, to conduct validation of the task force report on building bridges to a united Kenya through consultations with citizens, civil society, faith-based organizations, cultural leaders, the private sector and experts, and propose administrative policy, statutory or constitutional changes that are necessary for the implementation of the recommendations contained in the task force report, taking into account any relevant contributions made during the validation report. We conducted the comprehensive validation of the task force report using the following approaches. Reviewing the contents of the task force report, holding a total of 93 stakeholder validation meetings at the KICC, Lyco Regency Hotel and at our offices in Nairobi. These meetings were attended by representatives from civil society, faith-based organizations, women's groups, youth groups, persons with disability groups, cultural leaders, and government institutions. They all participated in regional delegates meetings where we received written validation submissions from leaders at the end of each meeting, participated in regional public meetings where we received written submissions from Kenyans through their leaders. Your Excellency, the committee also hosted governors from the Rift Valley region in Nairobi on the 20th of March 2020, where they represented memoranda on their counties following postponement of a regional meeting due to the COVID-19 pandemic. The committee also processed a total of 124 hand-delivered memoranda and 223 emailed memoranda, invited external experts and drafters to provide technical information and also undertook desktop review of relevant documents and international good practices to inform and enrich the project or the report. The results is following policy, administrative, strategy and constitutional instruments that addresses the national challenges outlined in the joint communique of building bridges to a new Kenyan nation. We now have the honour to submit our report and to express our gratitude for the privilege to be of service to the nation and to express our highest esteem to Your Excellency. Now, these were the people who signed it. There was Senator Mohammed Yusuf Haji, who was a chairperson and a member, 
Professor Adams Olo, that's the vice chairperson. There was Senator Amos Wako, Dr. Flores Amoso, Mr. James Mutandra, Bishop Lawi Imadui, Professor Murompi Olaronke, Honorable Rose Musei, Ambassador Martin Kimani, Miss Agnes Kivundi Mudama, Professor Said Mwanguni, Major General Sei, Honorable Mason Lashomo, Bishop Peter Jenga, Archbishop Zacchaeus Okoth, Paul Mwangi. Uh, then it goes into the table of contents, which I won't go into. Now the acknowledgements. The steering committee would like to acknowledge the positive engagement of this consultative process by thousands of Kenyans through the memoranda and verbal submissions. Thanks goes to many experts in government, academia, civil society and the private sector who lent their knowledge and experience to the task of translating Kenyans' wishes for change into practical proposals. Gratitude is expressed by the steering committee to the many governors, members of parliament and members of county assemblies who contributed to the process in constructive and positive ways. The leadership of the religious sector and the private sector also deserve recognition for their proactive and forward-looking role in bringing BBI to the stage. Lastly, but certainly not least, the steering committee would like to acknowledge with thanks the critical role played by the experts attached to it and the staff who worked daily to allow us to operate effectively. Then it goes into a list of the abbreviations and acronyms. I won't go into that. We can go straight into the document. Starts off by uh, title Notable Issues. The BBI Steering Committee was conscious of working within a national and global context that was dynamic and needed to be taken into account in its work. Many notable dynamics and trends stood out as important to this political and economic moment for Kenyans in relation to the task of the steering committee. Below are some of the leading ones, which we hope all Kenyans will pay mind as they read and deliberate on this report. First, COVID-19. The COVID-19 pandemic is leading to extraordinary changes to the global health, economic and trading systems. The steering committee, in observing the damage to economic livelihoods and the effect of unemployment and destroyed wealth caused by the pandemic anticipates that political cohesion will erode seriously across the world, leading to pressure to undertake fundamental political and economic reforms. Kenya, without predicting the pandemic, had already embarked on this path to far-reaching reform with the BBI process. We take note of the BBI reforms recommended in the economic sphere, the healthcare provision, and making Kenya more cohesive or a more cohesive country. These will be the kind of changes the rest of the world will pursue while Kenyans will be ahead of the global curve due to the BBI. Competence. The steering committee observes that the successful countries are those whose public and private institutions and processes can consistently produce competence in planning and implementation. It matters little how grand our aims and ambitions as a country are, if we do not find a way to root evidence and competence in how we run government, business, small and large, and even our families. We urge Kenyans, and particularly the leadership in the public sector, to build systems that embrace merit while broadening inclusivity. It is especially crucial that political parties actively seek out and promote aspirants to elective office who, in addition to their political skills, are competent individuals. Equity and equality. The object of politics, who gets what, when, how, as defined by famous American political scientist Harold Laswell, Kenyans must embrace legal and political systems that are carefully balanced between equity and equality. 
There is no doubt that Kenya has a continuing legacy of marginalization of some groups and areas, and this is combined with existing pervasive underservicing in many parts of the country. It is crucial the needs of the marginalized and underserviced be met as much as it is possible. It is also, however, important to also pay practical mind to the call for equality of unequal treatment, for unequal treatment. Even in the pursuit of fairness, uh, can easily be pushed into new forms of victimization and marginalization. A balance is crucial to the health of this republic. Number four, equal opportunity. It is equally critical on the economic front to focus on the equalization of opportunity for all Kenyans, no matter their age, ethnicity, religion, or gender, as the primary aim of economic policy. We're not a wealthy country. If you took every property, all the goods and minerals, and magically sold them to a single moment, in a single moment, and then divided the proceeds by 47 million, the money would only last each one of us for an extremely brief time. We must build wealth as a country, and this will be sustained and successful only if we minimize the barriers to opportunity caused by discrimination, undermining of merit, poor education, and unequal service provision. Reform. It has become increasingly fashionable in some influential quarters to look down on the Kenyan tradition of working hard to mediate emerging conflicts for the sake of seeking peace and stability. Such efforts are derided as an uncritical embrace of destructive status quo, with preference being for extreme actions that can push the country to the brink of escalating and possibly catastrophic conflict. We believe that peace and stability are prerequisite for a successful Kenya, and we urge Kenyans to beware of the unintended consequences of actions intended to destabilize the constitutional order. We have seen the dire consequences of our in our region and should want no part in them. We as Kenyans have the intelligence and organizing power to seek and achieve meaningful reforms. Now, goes on to the executive summary. The quest to improve governance and to meet the just expectations of the Kenyan people is perpetual. The March 2018 handshake between His Excellency President Uhuru Kenyatta and Right Honourable Raila Odinga as the leader of the opposition coalition was a moment that crystallized the constitutional imperative to seek peace, security and unity. Two leaders, representing the ruling party and the opposition, shook hands to create an opportunity to unite the country and set in motion a, a process to identify the comprehensive changes that will strengthen the rule of law, unite Kenyans, deepen our constitutionalism and launch the comprehensive reform process to consolidate this momentous opportunity. This report contains the results of a two-year process in which Kenyans from every walk of life in every county across government entities and with a wide variety of expertise made their views through the BBI process, made their views known through the BBI process. The steering committee has undertaken the daunting task of listening cleanly to a multiplicity of voices responding to the BBI task force report. As per its mandate, the steering committee has undertaken the daunting task of listening keenly to a multiplicity of voices responding to the BBI task force report. As per its mandate, the steering committee has made recommendations on the implementation of the report, which are structured in the following thematic areas. Constitutional, legislative, policy and administrative. The steering committee urges the reader to continue reading, making use of the detailed annexes 
to appreciate the constitutional, legislative, policy and administrative administrative recommendations. The following is a brief overview of the proposed changes in regard to constitutional and legislative reforms. Proposed, number one, proposed constitutional reforms. Following the analysis of the views presented and thereafter validated by Kenyans, the steering committee proposes to amend chapter two of the constitution on formative aspects of the republic to address regional integration, cohesion, shared prosperity, and the centrality of the economy. This is in order to harness regional trade, investment, and people-to-people links to increase our prosperity, opportunities for investment, and to enhance our security. Chapter 3 on Citizenship, to strengthen the national ethos by outlining the responsibilities of the citizens. The amendment is informed by the outstanding or understanding that the current constitution has rightly imposed various social economic duties on the state, but not it does not envision any responsibilities on part of the citizen. Chapter 4, the Bill of Rights, to provide a constitutional underpinning for the privacy of citizens' personal data as an emerging area in human rights, owing to the significant technological developments in this area. Chapter 6 on leadership and integrity to intensify the fight against corruption by strengthening the relevant institutions. This includes providing a mechanism for more expeditious conduct of investigations, prosecution and trial of corruption-related matters. Chapter 7 on representation of the people to resolve issues of divisive elections arising from the electoral process. The proposed amendments seek to 1. Enhance the transparency and fairness of representation in the electoral system. 2. Reform the management structure of the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission, IEBC. 3. Promote electoral competition based on ideas, values and our shared humanity rather than the common enemy identity politics that have defined our electoral cycles to date. Four, promote gender equality, or equity rather, in governance by actualizing the constitutional provision of the two-thirds gender rule on an elective and appointive office. Five, implement the provisions of Article 81D and 89.7B of the Constitution, which mandate that the electoral system is to comply with the universal principles of fair representation, equality of the vote, and the requirement that the IBC, in setting constituency and ward boundaries, should progressively work towards ensuring that the number of inhabitants in each constituency and ward is nearly as possible equal to the population quota. Chapter 8 on the legislature uh, to undertaking the following. Remodel the parliamentary system by bringing government back into the House, including the Prime Minister, Deputy Prime Ministers, Cabinet Ministers, the Attorney General and the Leader of the Official Opposition, being the person who was the runner-up in the presidential election. Chapter 9 on the Executive, by expanding the National Executive in order to promote greater inclusivity and mitigate the drawbacks of the winner-takes-all electoral formula. This recommendation therefore proposes the introduction of the Office of the Prime Minister and two Deputy Prime Ministers. It also provides that Cabinet Ministers may be appointed from among members of the National Assembly. The committee makes this recommendation cognizant of the provisions of Article 77.1 of the Constitution of Kenya, which bars state officers from receiving emoluments for more than one role. Chapter 10 on the judiciary to enhance judicial accountability to the people of Kenya. 
This means that while the independence of the judiciary must be protected as a fundamental principle, the judiciary should equally be accountable in a clear manner to the sovereign will of the people of Kenya. It is therefore proposed to introduce an independent office of the judiciary, uh, office of the judiciary ombudsman, which shall sit in the Judicial Services Commission. Chapter 11 on the devolved government by making the following changes. One, creating a county ward development fund to be governed by statute. Two, increasing the resource of the counties from the current 15% to at least 35% of the last audited accounts and ensuring that the focus is on service delivery in the settled and serviced areas, including for people living near the furthest boundaries of each county. Number three, embedding and monitoring implementation and impact assessment of Article 43 rights in the President's State of Nation Address in the budgeting process. Number four, ensuring greater inclusivity, fairness, equity and accountability in the distribution of resources. On Chapter 12, so Chapter 12 on public finance to streamline public finance principles and processes to promote efficiency and ensure expenditures are directed to maximizing utility. The proposals give special attention to the actualization of the rights guaranteed under Article 43, as well as strengthening devolution. Chapters 13, 14 and 15, to ensure that the public service, national security agencies and commissions and independent offices are not only strengthened, but also one, are accountable to the people of Kenya, two, have internal accountability systems that clearly and transparently separate the power of appointment and promotion from that of interdiction and censure. Three, carry out rigorous audits that inquire into value for money and ensure that sound principles of public finance management apply to every arm of government and every public institution. Four, facilitate and promote and enable ethical conduct and responsibility in public resource management. Chapter 16 on general provisions to define new terms introduced by other proposed amendments. Third schedule on national oaths and affirmations to make provision for the oaths to be administered in respect of state officers for whom such requirements has been admitted. The legislative proposals. The BBI task force report made several recommendations that require legislative interventions. The steering committee has considered the input obtained during the validation process and drafted relevant amendment bills. Below is an overview of these bills. Number one, the Public Finance Laws Amendment Bill 2020. The Public Finance Laws Amendment Bill 2020 seeks to make amendments to various finance-related laws such as a. the Public Finance Management Act 2012, number 18 of 2012, the bill seeks to amend the Public Finance Management Act 2012 to provide for offences relating to handling of public monies by public officers or accounting officers and liability arising out of loss of public money. B. The Public Procurement and Asset Disposal Act 2015, number 33 of 2015. The bill seeks to amend the Act to obligate accounting officers to ensure that procurement of goods, works and services is done transparently and with strict adherence to the approved procurement plans and that money is available for payment of goods or services being procured. C. The Public Audit Act 2015, number 34 of 2015. The bill seeks to amend the Public Audit Act 2015 to empower the Office of the Auditor General to recruit its own staff. D. The Controller of Budget Act 2016, 
number 26 of 2016. The bill seeks to amend the Act to require the controller of the budget to carry out due diligence on ongoing projects to ascertain whether money previously approved for the project has been utilised prudently before the controller authorises release of more funds for the project. E. The Higher Education Loans Board Act 1995, number 33 of 1995. The bill seeks to amend the Act to give loanees a grace period of four years from the date of completion of their studies before they can commence repayment of loans advanced to them. The proposed amendments further exempt loanees without a source of income from paying interest on the loans advanced to them until such a time that the loanees start earning an income. The Prompt Payment Bill 2020. The bill proposes proposed bill provides a legal framework for the prompt payment of invoices for goods and services procured by public entities and mechanisms for settling disputes over invoices. The Micro and Small Enterprises Amendment Bill 2020. This bill seeks to amend the Micro and Small Enterprises Act 2012 to give youth-owned enterprises a seven-year tax break and to establish business incubation centres across the country for purposes of providing business advisory services, which include access to capital and government contracts. Further, to the author- further, the authority will register and certify enterprises owned by young people, women and people with disabilities. County Wards Development Fund Bill 2020. The objective of the proposed bill is to provide a legal framework for the operationalization of the Ward Development Fund intended to be introduced through an amendment to the Constitution. The Health Amendment Bill 2020. This bill seeks to amend the Health Act to establish the Health Services Commission. The Commission shall make recommendations to the national government on national policies for management of healthcare workers, monitor implementation of national policies for management of healthcare workers by county governments, and recommend appropriate action and set and regulate and regularly review norms and standards on health matters. The Election Laws Amendment Bill 2020. The bill seeks to amend various election-related laws to deliver an electoral system that is transparent, accountable, and democratic and promotes the will of the people. The bill uh, contains amendments to the following statutes. One, the Elections Act 2011. Two, the Political Parties Act 2011. Three, the Independent Electoral and Boundaries Commission uh, uh, Act 2011. Four, the Election Campaign Financing Act 2013. And five, the Election Offences Act 2016. The Corruption and Economic Crimes Amendment Bill. The bill seeks to amend the Anti-Corruption and Economic Crimes Act Number 3 of 2003 and touches on matters such as enhanced penalty for economic crimes and corruption offences, the procedure for hearings and sentencing on economic crimes and corruption matters, and an offence of concealment of corruption. It provides for the duty to report any knowledge or any suspicion of instances or acts of corruption or economic crimes. The Ethics and Integrity Laws Amendment Bill 2020. The Ethics and Integrity Amendment Bill 2020 seeks to make amendments to various statutes relating to ethics and integrity. The bill contains proposed amendments to the following statutes. 1. The Leadership and Integrity Act. The bill proposes to amend the Leadership and Integrity Act to provide a detailed framework for dealing with public funds and personal wealth and making financial declarations by state officers and prohibit state officers and public officers themselves or through 
proxies engaging in businesses with public entities or engaging in public collection of funds. Two, the Public Officer Ethics Act. The bill proposes to amend the act to bar public officers from participating in public collection and streamline the filing of wealth declarations by public officers. The Contribution to Charity Bill 2020. The bill seeks to repeal the Public Collections Act, Chapter 106, with the principal objective of providing a modern framework for regulating public collections or harambees and providing a clear demarcation between public collection for charitable purposes and public collection for private benefit. The Devolution Laws Amendment Bill. The principal objective of this bill is to amend the County Governments Act 2012 and the Intergovernmental Relations Act 2012 to align various provisions of the Act with multiple court decisions on matters re- relating to, the de- to devolution and to incorporate lessons learned in the implementation of the Acts. Further, the bill amends the County Governments Act to include a provision requiring county governors to designate to their deputy governors county executive committee p- portfolios. The Public Participation Bill. The principal object of the bill is to provide an effective public participation framework both at national and county government levels. The National Economic and Social Council Bill. The object of this bill is to provide a comprehensive legal framework on how the identification of Kenya's social economic development priorities will be done and provides for a body that shall be in charge of general coordination of national planning. The Persons with Disabilities Act, 2003. The Persons with Disabilities Act, number 14 of 2003, was enacted pursuant to the recommendations of a task force appointed by the Office of the Attorney General. Since enactment in 2003, a number of enactments, amendments rather, have been made to the Act and some 32 additional proposed amendments put forward to reflect the rights declared under Article 54 of the Constitution of Kenya 2010, but not enacted. Among key proposed amendments, which have been subjected to public participation pursuant to Article 118 of the Constitution of Kenya 2010, as read together with the Standing Order 145 of the Standing Orders of the Senate, is the Persons with Disabilities Amendment Bill 2019, Kenya Gazette Supplements Number 5, Senate Bills Number 1, Senate Bills 2019, 6 February 2019. On the 14th of August 2018, the Cabinet passed Resolution Number 3, approving the Cabinet Paper on the Persons with Disabilities Act Bill 2018. The committee recommends that the said bill be tabled in Parliament for debate and enactment without further delay. The Statute Law Miscellaneous Amendments Bill 2020. The Statute Law Miscellaneous Amendments Bill 2020 contains minor amendment proposals relating to the following statutes. A. The Interpretation and General Provisions Act. The bill proposes to amend the Interpretation and General Provisions Act to harmonize the definition of cabinet minister and with a proposed constitutional amendment, amongst others. B. The National Intelligence Services Act, number 28 of 2012. The bill proposes to amend the National Intelligence Services Act 2012 to expand the definition of the words vettable position to ensure the service vets all applicants to public offices. C. The Mutual Legal Assistance Act, number 36 of 2011. 
the bill proposes to amend the Mutual Legal Assistance Act 2011 in Section 2 to harmonise the list of mainstream competent authorities with the provisions of Section 7.2 of the Act. D. The Commission on Administrative Justice No. 22, 2011. The bill proposes to amend the the Commission on Administrative Justice Act to provide that after having concluded on an investigation or inquiry and found a public officer guilty of gross violation of the Constitution or the law, the Commission shall be able to make a recommendation that such an officer is unfit to hold a public office. Or to hold public office. Right. The report then goes on to talking about how the report should be read. The report is structured into sections with detailed annexes at its end. Section one contains the introduction and the background of the establishment and work of the steering committee. Section two presents the process of collecting and validating proposals and views submitted to the steering committee during the validations process. It sets the foundation for the steering committee's constitutional policy and administrative administrative reform proposals for a united and prosperous Kenya. Section three presents a summary of the validation outcomes for each of the nine thematic areas. Section four provides a summary of implementation measures whose details are contained in the annexes. Annexed to this report are policy doctrines and national policy guides, an administrative action matrix and the Constitution Amendment Bill distilled from the validation process that the steering committee recommends should be implemented to spur Kenya towards unity and shared prosperity. Due to the length of the legislative annex, it will be published separately. (laughs) 